Hey everybody, Brad Stevens here, founder and CEO of Outsource Access. We help companies redefine how they scale with offshore affordable staff from the Philippines. Congrats to all fellow winners of the 2023 Real Leaders Impact Awards. We are proud to be among you. About 10 years ago, I woke up to a major growth problem in my last business. Cash was tight, staff was overwhelmed, and tasks were not getting done. Then I discovered the world of offshore virtual staff in the Philippines where English is their second language, so there is no communication or culture gap. I realized outsourcing wasn't just call centers, it was access to college-educated Filipinos to support sales, marketing, operations, customer service, bookkeeping, personal tasks, and more. And in fact, the first woman I hired in the Philippines at 23 is now an award-winning COO of our entire company. It inspired me to launch Outsource Access. One client and YPO member, Ali Jamal, shared their offshore virtual staff Edison automated processes and saved them over 50,000 per year in the first few weeks. It's about finally getting things done and staff focusing on higher value activities. We've grown by over 2,000% in just three and a half years and will double next year. To receive a complimentary outsourcing playbook customized for your industry and to connect with one of our team here at Outsource Access, just visit RedefineScale.com. That's RedefineScale.com or text the word SCALE to 770-954-8440. Two months after hiring my first staff, she sent me a picture of shoes she bought for low-income children because of the opportunity. And now we support thousands of families and the environment with United Nations SDG projects. I'm proud we've grown with impact. To learn more, visit RedefineScale.com. Boom, what up? Hello, bonjour, and hola, real leaders. This is Kevin Edwards, your host here, and I am so excited. You're tuning in to one of our amazing experiences. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, real, and loaded with inspiration, guaranteed to support your impact journey. So sit back, enjoy the listen, folks share a review afterward, and always keep it real. In five, four, three, two, and one, welcome everyone to this episode of The Real Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards, and joining us today, folks, all the way from Nairobi, we have the co-founder and CEO of Jibu. Please give a warm welcome to Mr. Galen Welsh. Galen, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Happy to be here. Fantastic. So, Galen, you have an interesting story and an interesting background. Uh, also, I would like to put that in there. You also have an interesting franchise model, the guy going on with Jibu. Um, but curious to start really at the the impact that Jibu is trying to make. Of course, we want to have and featured recognized impact CEO. So when I when I say that word impact, Galen, what is the impact Jibu is trying to have? Yeah, well, Jibu is a, a drinking water franchise network operating across Sub-Saharan Africa. And I think when people hear water and Africa, they always immediately think that our impact would be about drinking water. That is an impact that we have, but the primary impact we have is actually through local entrepreneurship. So we we finance and equip entrepreneurs to start their own drinking water franchises. And it's that business model impact of creating that wealth generation for our entrepreneurs that is uh, what we call our North Star metric. So we we rather than maximizing profits or other traditional measures um, in a commercial, ordinary commercial company, 
our North Star metric is, is maximizing the number of thriving franchisees that we launch. Um, so for us, product impact is important um, through the drinking water we serve and, and, and making it affordable for more people across urban uh, sub-Saharan Africa. But the, the business model impact is even more important, and that's uh, creating this network of local owners who can generate jobs for their community and livelihoods for themselves as well. Understood. So as you continue to grow, more entrepreneurs will build generational wealth uh, and also be providing clean drinking water to their their local communities. You know, a, a, a question for you, Galen, is, is um, you know, to let's say the layman out there, you know, this this seems to be, hey, this is just another franchise model. To, to you, like, is there a difference between being, let's say, just like a traditional CEO with a franchise as opposed to this kind of impact model? And, and if so, what, what is that difference? Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, we're not we're not exactly a McDonald's franchise type of model. Um, the profile of entrepreneur is the, is the starting place to talk about the difference. So we're working with entrepreneurs who wouldn't otherwise have this type of opportunity. So. I'll give the example. One of our top performing franchisees was a security guard before becoming a Jibu franchisee, um, and now you know he's able to build that general generational wealth, as you called it, um, send his kids to good schools, build a house for his family, all that type of stuff, um, while making the impact of making drinking water more affordable in his community. So, so the profile of entrepreneurs we work with is different than a typical franchise system, and the reason we can do that is because we provide the financing alongside the franchise model. In a typical franchise model, the franchisees will bring all of the capital and build out a franchise to the specifications of the franchisor. In our case, we build out a turnkey business, a drinking water a production line and retail front. And then the entrepreneur is able to pay a smaller licensing fee uh, and then really start running with the business. So we're able to recover that capex of the franchise fees over time, but sort of take that risk up front with, with potential franchisees. Um, and then I guess the third third biggest piece, besides the fact that we work with a different profile, we also provide financing for our franchisees, uh, is, is the fact that we're only focused on essential products that have an impact in the community. So drinking water or energy, other things that we can decentralize the production of to the community level and have the community not only own that that product or service, but also you know be able to drive higher affordability because of the fact that it's being produced locally within that neighborhood. It, it makes a lot of sense. It seems like you're really in the business of, uh, as we say, kind of just transforming lives, right? As you put it, you know, you're pro providing an opportunity that otherwise, you know, wouldn't be there. Uh, helping them out and, you know, providing them the capital and, and really the education to, to, you know, take ownership of, of their financial situation. Um, I'm curious, Galen, uh, on on your background, right? You know, like, what were you doing that led you to this concept and this idea of not only an impact, you know, business, but also, uh, you know, a, a a franchise business? And and obviously, you're you're in Nairobi. Uh, so, when I ask you about you know your background story, what resonates with you? Yeah, well. It started in the in the Peace Corps. So I did the Peace Corps directly out of out of college. And you know, one of the cool things about the Peace Corps is that you learn the local language very well. So you develop real deep relationships in the community that you're serving. Um, the flip side is that there's 
generally no resources that the Peace Corps has to provide um, to help you do any projects. Um, so I had to go out and fundraise uh, towards projects I wanted to implement. And in that process of fundraising, I found that there was just a major gap between what donors uh, saw as the community needs and what my friends and, and the community were actually saying they wanted. Um, and so I found that, you know, to, for instance, you know, support an entrepreneur to grow their business, there was very little interest in supporting that financially, um, either as a donor or as a commercial investor. Um, whereas if I, you know, wanted to fundraise for more of a, you know, sob story type of project, then there would be lots of available funding. So this, this was the same time as microfinance was starting to become a big movement. The Grameen Bank um, I was actually the only thing I knew about in, as far as social enterprise or microfinance. The word social enterprise wasn't even a thing yet um, when we were starting, um, at least not that I knew of. And um, when I was looking at microfinance, I thought, well, that's that's pretty cool impact. Um, you can actually support local entrepreneurs. But you know, being in the Peace Corps village, it felt like it was it was stopping short of actually creating a real growth model and a growth business that could actually transform someone's life. Because um, if you just give some money and someone can maybe buy a cow or you know whatever it may be, yes, they'll generate marginal increase in income, but at the end of the day, they'll ultimately still be in poverty. So um, to me, the, the advantage of a franchise model is that you give the entrepreneur the tracks to run in so they can actually grow you know, a meaningful business to you know, medium size, uh, you know, a size, well, a medium sized business that could actually, you know, um, support them and their families and, and create real wealth that will bring them to at least a middle class level out of, out of poverty. So combining financing with their franchise models is what's at the heart of GBU. Um, but another important part of the story is um, I co-founded the business with my father. So he was um, a tech entrepreneur and he sold his tech business about six months before I finished the Peace Corps. Um, and in that time, he volunteered with a large um, NGO and they were looking at how they can uh, start um, uh, uh, make their water projects more sustainable. They had a very high failure rate for the water projects they were implementing. So he and a couple other business guys who were advising them, you know, had, had brought forward a, a for-profit model where um, local um, entrepreneurs could filter water in the village and then sell it, um, you know, for profit and then use those profits to maintain the well um, that was built. Um, ultimately, the NGO decided to to not move forward with it because they thought it would sort of confuse or cannibalize their donor base potentially. So that that was shelved, and that was just a couple months before I finished the Peace Corps and I was going to go start um, a job in in Washington. But this is my parents along the way. And so anyway, um, sharing the, the learnings I had with my, with my parents after the Peace Corps, uh, my dad was at, at this place where he just said, you know, actually, like, if you want to do something, um, I'll, I'll invest and we can, we can try something together. So that's where the, the water side of things actually came from um, beyond just entrepreneurship was really his, um, his experience working with the NGO and, and, and recognizing that well, we might as well start with water as our first product because it's a basic need that is global across all emerging markets. So, so yeah, that's that. That's the that's how it sort of got kicked off, and um, and then 
you know, after that, we we launched in um, in East Africa because I had uh, that was one of the only places that had uh, you know some network to start with through an internship I had done during college. But that's another that's another story. Well, the, I, I know there's a growing hub out there uh, in in Kenya, Tanzania, um, and and you know Eastern Africa, like uh, of, of many entrepreneurs. Like there's a huge entrepreneurial community out there. Uh, and and many organizations in your ecosystem that I could see, you know, obviously being uh, a supportive branch for you, whether it's micro lending, microfinancing, you know, those those kind of entities. Um, and of course, you know, to to your point earlier, you know, in, in my view, you know, capitalism is really the only thing that can sustain change over time, over a long period of time. And so. I love I love the the concept, you know, um, just with the time we have left, uh, you know, I, I'd really like to learn about the growth. You know, what are some of the growth hacks? You know, you mentioned Silicon Valley. You mentioned before the show, the trillion dollar coach. That means you're, you're reading strategy. You're you're investing into yourself. When you reflect back on the growth over the years that Jibu has had, what do you like? What do you attribute it to? Are there a couple things in there that you'd be willing to share with the audience today? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, you know, I think every business has a different sort of growth journey, and I think, um, like, on one end of the spectrum is the, you know, so much demand that you can't possibly meet it, and you just have to build systems to keep up. And I, I would classify, you know, maybe Apple or Microsoft when they first started building computers faced that um, pretty quickly. Um, on the other side, I think is where we're at, where we we are building, you know, more or less a brick and mortar business um, that we physically have to launch neighborhood by neighborhood, um, and and it's a uh, it's an essential product, it's an essential service that everyone already has, you know, um, some way they're doing it. You know, you can only <laughs> be, be a human being that's living and breathing today if you're drinking some some form of water. So it's about that quality, you know, that quality improvement. So, you know, if you look at it from a perspective of what product are we actually providing, safe drinking water, it looks like there's little innovation there. And so it, it doesn't create that viral interest um, like something like a personal, you know, first personal computer would create. So for us, it's really been about catalyzing folks to understand and believe in the vision that we have for decentralizing wealth across many local entrepreneurs and making making drinking water affordable. So our growth has been driven by the fact that we built a franchise model that is very attractive for local entrepreneurs. And our franchisees have been the one that have been, you know, going door to door, day by day, building the customer base. So we we've had you know, very, very nice, strong growth consistently, but it's not exponential growth. Well, I mean, maybe it's a little bit exponential, but it's, it looks more like a linear line when you look at our growth rate. So, you know, even though we're launching, you know, a, a couple of new retail points per day, you know, over the last 11 years, it's it's still more of a linear growth rate that's been based on entrepreneurs bringing into the uh, Jibu network more customers that are their friends and families in their community is sort of one neighborhood at a time. So we're able to get a little bit more exponential now because we have more resources that we can invest in launching into more territories more quickly and all of that. But um, ultimately the, the growth has been driven by people more so than product. 
I like that. Yeah. Helping the people see the vision, maybe within the ultimate vision of this decentralized, you know, wealth and, and, you know, water affordability. Uh, is there anything that's made it, let's say sticky, something that has kept set franchise owner at, you know, set place. I mean, it seems like you're, you're rolling out a lot of these shops. Uh, I mean, I'd be curious to learn even about how COVID impacted this, but you know, so for you, like, is there something that's kept, you know, a lot of these owners in the franchise? Well, I think, I think the ability to continue to grow their, you know, their revenues is a really key part because that, that, you know, that profitability can continue to increase for many years after the time they launch. Um, but the second piece is, is launching new products. So we've just launched LPG um, uh, cooking gas, uh, which is also cleaner um, than charcoal, which is, which is what we're displacing for the most part um, and, and, um, and cheaper as well. And, and et cetera, but it has very similar logistics to drinking water. So adding new products and continuing to innovate as far as the SKUs we're offering um, is a key way to help keep franchisees engaged. Um, I also think, you know, competition is a core factor. So, you know, having um, continually having new franchise ownership opportunities because each franchisee can own multiple units, um, that creates the drive to compete with other franchisees and continue to try to do better and better. So we're sort of always raising the bar of what is average um, performance, what is average success, and I think that continues to drive motivation uh, and, and and helps people to stick with it. And, and Gail, when you think about how you spend like most of your time, think about just like your day, you know, the pie chart. Like, where what do you think those top three categories would be? Thing number one would be management, um, people management, um, with the exec team and the other folks that report to me, to include like one-on-ones and problem solving together and all that type of stuff. Um, number two would be external partnerships. Um, so building building new partnerships with new investors or new strategic partners, et cetera. Um, and number three would be sort of smaller slices of the pie lots of different categories so strategy analysis uh, you know new product innovation um, you know all of those those sorts of things um, but each which would, would take probably less than 10 percent in, in, in and of themselves well thanks again for sharing today galen and you mentioned earlier on the show that you know it's part of that growth has been helping people see the vision within the vision i think that's a great trait of a good leader but in your definition, in your words, what's your definition of a real leader? I would say a real leader is someone who activates and unifies people for a cause bigger than themselves and a cause that they probably wouldn't otherwise pursue without that leader's influence. Well put for Galen Walsh from Kevin Edwards asking you to go out there, activate and unify folks for a larger cause and always keep it real thanks Kayla and thanks a lot Kevin Hey, Releaders, thanks again for listening to this amazing episode. And if you're someone like me who goes all 
the way to the end just to make sure I can extract as much information, education, and inspiration out of every single interview, might I suggest you check out our magazine. If you go online to realtors.com today, you're gonna get the first 30 days for free where you're gonna be able to access all of our magazines, courses, and live events from some of the top thought leaders around the world. All you have to do is go online to realleaders.com and click the subscribe button in the top right corner to get your free 30-day trial right now. Again, that's real-leaders.com. Thanks again for being a real leader, and always keep it real.